This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm your host. And today I'm very excited because I'm interviewing a friend of mine named Zoe. And how we met was, well, we actually haven't met in person, but I met her indirectly (laughs) through my friend Lauren, who was my coach and friend. And Zoe is her very good friend. And so I wanted to bring her on the channel today to have her share her story because she's also a life coach and author and a very successful YouTuber. So I just wanted to bring her on here and just have a beautiful conversation about her journey and her life and just really talk about manifestation and creation and all of the good things because this is what we love to talk about. So Zoe, I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, what you're up to, and we're just going to dive right into this conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Kayla. I really appreciate it and you giving me the opportunity and I love all of the topics I know we're going to be chatting about today. So yeah, so my name is Zoe, uh, Zoe Arielle Polson. Those of you who might be in the YouTube sphere or on Instagram, I'm Zoe Arielle and yeah, I've been doing YouTube for about four and a half years. Originally, I'm actually from Vancouver Island as well. And I went to Vancouver Island University and I moved out to Toronto to do my post-grad. So I've always been an adventurer, I would say, (laughs) always um, making leaps and bounds. And I actually lived in Toronto for about three and a half years and I moved to Rome, Italy. And that's uh, just before I started or just after I started my YouTube channel. And I moved to Rome and I lived there for about three years. I did a lot of travel. I really focused on my YouTube channel. In that period of time, I also wrote and published four books. I attracted a publishing deal to me, or created one rather, (laughs) and uh, had such incredible opportunities, which I showcased through YouTube. Um, I'm presently now back in Toronto, where I moved back here less than a year ago, and it's been really nice having a new chapter here, really just stepping into my life coaching business and starting a podcast with Lauren called The Low and Zoe Show. And things have just been really abundant so far. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now is in a nutshell. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And I really, I really love that I've only met you or I keep saying I've met you, but like I've only discovered you, I guess I'd say in the last year. And I've, I've loved how you really took the leap into creating your dream life. And also just, I know recently I was listening to your podcast channel with Lauren and you were sharing the story about how, you know, you were living that life of just working in the corporate world, like working a job that you didn't love and you decided to leave and to move to Rome. And so I was wondering if you could just take us on that journey of like how all of this started, because I think a lot of people who might be listening to this or people who are into personal growth and personal development, that they might be in that space where they're ready to just take a leap. And, you know, I think it's very human for us to try and calculate like, oh, how do I start? And so I would love for you to share what happened for you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I actually started my YouTube channel in September, I guess like four and a half years ago now. And 
I started it just after I got out of an abusive relationship that I was in for uh, about a year, year and a half. And so I was really seeking a creative outlet. My job at that moment was a marketing role where it was very analytical and I just felt like I needed to have a project that was my own. I need to rebuild myself somehow. I, I really was seeking an outlet for creativity. And so I started my YouTube channel and my intention behind it was just to have fun, be creative, make friends, and to just show people that anything was possible. So I've always been in the self-improvement sphere and that's what I really enjoyed sharing with my community. And I grew my YouTube channel over, um, over the year, I guess. And I ended up getting a new job at a marketing agency. They actually found me on YouTube and knew that I was in Toronto. And so that kind of happened synchronistically, I guess. They saw that I was exercising my creativity and they were looking for someone just like that. So I got uh, a, a new role, I guess, in marketing. And it was really great for a while because like I said, I was at an agency and I got to be creative and work on all different projects with different brands, different companies. And I definitely learned a lot, but what I found very, very fast was that the nine to five, this corporate sphere was just not for me. I felt like to some extent, my creativity wasn't my own anymore. And I just felt like there was bigger things to do. There was more lives to touch, more adventures to be had. There was just all these sorts of yearnings that were inside of me. And so what ended up happening was, as I said, <laughs> that's very fast into that role. It became prevalent to me. It wasn't for me. And one thing I'd always promised myself was that I would move to Rome, Italy for a year. And I didn't know how that would ever happen, especially being in a corporate job in, in Toronto anyways, where we only ever get two weeks vacation. And I couldn't take those two weeks at once. And I thought, you know, when am I ever going to get, get to go back to Italy? So I knew that I had to make a decision. I actually had a, a rough day at work one day. Um, and I went home and I spontaneously bought a one-way ticket to Rome. And that was for three months out. So I actually bought, um, it was like the first week of September. I think it was September 4th that I uh, had my ticket. And so I really had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't have any money saved for this spontaneous decision, but I just had this calling inside of me that knew that there was bigger and better things and that I should just take the leap of faith. So as I explained, like I spent that year building myself back up after um, getting out of a toxic relationship, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. And then when I feel like I had this impulse, that's knowing what to do, I just hopped on that. I bought the ticket and then told myself three months and we're going to figure it out. And I figured it out. I made it happen. I sold all of my things. I showcased that on my YouTube channel as like documenting my minimalist journey selling everything I own down to the size of a suitcase and moving to Italy. <laughs> I love this story so much. And it's just, oh, it just makes me so happy. Like to know that you trusted yourself enough and to really know your worth to, to decide and conscientiously choose I'm doing this and we're going to figure it out. And I love like that particular sentence, like we're going to figure it out. Like it just has to work out. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to, stay like sucked up into this corporate job because that's what a lot of people allow themselves to do yes it's too often you just hear about people just knowing that it's kind of like that movie groundhog day knowing that each day is kind of the same the same mundane and they're seeking bigger and better things but there's so many fears that kind of get in the way so I think 
that that's the important thing is when you get these impulses and when you have this inner knowing, your soul just wants you to act on that truly and really just give yourself the, the life that you want. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. One, thing, one thing too I wanted to talk to you about was this minimalist life that you created as well because I know you've had a lot of success with that on YouTube and I've watched the minimalism documentary. I'm assuming that you've watched it too. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yes, actually the funny story about that is that that documentary came out after I'd started posting about minimalism and that's how I got my viral like spark on YouTube oh is from gosh. that documentary so it's interesting that you brought that up <laughs> yeah. that's so funny yes well it's funny because when I was living in Toronto so I just moved we are in February 2020 and I moved back to uh, BC in the summer last year and so my boyfriend and I, like, we got rid of, like, all of our furniture. Like, we got rid of everything. Like, all we shipped across the country were, like, boxes, and then we had our suitcases and our cats. And we ended up buying, you know, all new furniture, essentially. Like, you know, we have a very small space. But what I've noticed is that it's very much a space where if something comes in, something goes out. Like, we're donating this, or, you know, we still have room, like, in our cupboards, because I love that, that minimalist feel like being light. And even when I moved to China, I accidentally moved to China with one suitcase less than I was allowed. And I didn't even realize it. And I didn't need an extra suitcase, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. Just, you know, it, it just sounds like you're just so aware of the things that you have. And I think that's such a gift through minimalism is knowing that everything that you need, you already have. And just hearing about you inviting something into your space, being conscious enough to know that something's going out. It's so refreshing to live life that way. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is that last weekend I went to my parents' place on Vancouver Island and they're packing up their house right now and they're moving, which is like been a very grieving moment for me just because I lived in that house for like 25 years. Like it's right on the ocean. Like it's absolutely beautiful. And so my mom put me on a, a packing mission. And so I was in the basement and I was opening cupboards and there was just so much it looked like crap like I'm like what is this like just random things but then I started pulling things out and it was like photos and then there was CDs like much dance 2000 and <laughs> Spice Girls and Britney Spears like all these things and I'm like pulling these things out and I'm like oh my god like all these emotions and memories are coming up for me and then I, I just understand and have compassion for you know when people they they get really emotionally attached to things in their life and that's why they want to keep them and i know for me like i'd always practice growing up even even when i had my own room in my parents house like i'd clean it and i'd donate things and i would i would get you know in that moment be like okay can i keep this like do i need to keep this but then i would almost say goodbye to whatever it is and know like okay like this i'm letting this go now and i would just feel lighter having that space and i can't even imagine you know you going to rome and just having a suitcase like how light and free that must have felt yeah definitely I know I definitely know what you mean about that nostalgia that's attached to some things and being emotionally attached I felt like when I left uh, Vancouver Island and I moved to Toronto I did downsize a lot but then of course like living in Toronto for three and a half years I I had a whole new life first of all dealing with much uh colder temperatures I yes. had to buy a lot more of those types of clothes, parkas, boots, things like that. And then also being in a corporate job, I had a much different wardrobe than I was wearing when I was in university or even at school or my post-grad out here. And so, you know, I was, I was consuming a lot more. I was buying a lot more. And I actually realized when I was 
downsizing to move to Rome, which is always great to have a goal that you are minimizing for. But what I realized for that process is I had so many blouses, like blazers, things that I had just bought that still had tags on them. And I found like I was always gravitating towards the clothing that I felt the most comfortable and most confident in. And what I realized about myself and my personal habits was that because I was unfulfilled in my job, I would often go to the mall after work or on the weekends whenever I had some kind of free time and just spend money for the sake of spending it. And so it's interesting. I think through minimizing, you learn so much about yourself and your habits. Yeah. And I think that one thing too, is I really discovered like being, being minimalist and just being conservative with having things in my space. It allowed me to have more appreciation and, you know, for example, like if I'm going to go and buy new runners or buy something new, it's like, okay, like I get really intentional with what I'm going to buy. And then it's almost more special because it's like so intentional. It's not just like another thing hanging in the closet or, you know, another just thing in the living room to fill the space. Right. And I think that that's, that's really empowering too. Yes, definitely. I love that. I love that intentionality about it too. And it also feels like you are an epic creator or manifester, if you will, when you set the intention, like, okay, I need new runners. I would love for them to look like this, to feel like that. And then you go to the mall or wherever you're going to go to get them. And you're so intentional about it that of course you find them. And then you get so excited with yourself because you're like, I created these. Yes. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yes. And I, I love that you just brought up like creation and manifestation because this is like the next thing I want to dive into with you. And so when you know, you obviously have this story of like leaving the corporate world, like going to Rome and starting to create your YouTube channel and everything. So where does like personal growth and development and, and manifestation tie into all of this? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it is a lifelong journey. Of course, I would say, you know, I first started to get into positive thinking, if you will, or spirituality a little bit when I was 20 years old. I went backpacking solo around Europe for two months. And that experience, because I went through high school with a boyfriend that I had for about five years. He was my best friend. We grew up down the street from each other. Very Vancouver Island. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, So what happened was I finally had the opportunity to really get to know myself when I did travel Europe by myself. And I read Mind Power by John Kehoe, which still remains one of my very favorite books on just the law of attraction, spirituality, you being a creator in this world. And what happened was because I was alone and I got to know myself, I just felt like I was opened up to a world of spirituality and possibilities. And I decided to take some of the practices within this book and apply them. And then of course I was manifesting a lot of different amazing things on my trip and it just felt so easy and so effortless. Kind of as you know, when you are on holiday somewhere, you get a whole new perspective. You feel a lot more free and liberated from your life back home. I think that's why I felt like I had all the magical powers in the world. I love it. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then what happened was when I came back to, um, when I came back to Canada, back to the island, and I went back to school for my final year of university at BAU, I just powered all the way through, and I knew that I wanted to move to Toronto when I uh, was finished. I just knew that I had to make a leap of faith, and it, what I knew at that time I wanted to go to Rome, but what I told myself was you know, we got to do our post-grad, you still have to go to school. So make another leap somewhere else in Canada. And there was no other city that I felt drawn to besides Toronto. So took that leap of faith. And that was a big learning journey too. As I was back from my holidays, I still was diving into 
law of attraction content, the secret of course. And I started to read more books and get more interested in that. And then when I came to school out here in Toronto, I got all the more interested in it because I was in a more competitive market where people were just always improving themselves. I started to read a lot of like marketing content, but then that drove me also to like thought leader content. And so I just continued that journey. I ended up getting hired with an internship. Um, the, sorry, the company that I got hired with my first job out of school was a company that I interned with in my post-grad and they produced business development conferences across Canada and the U S. So I was working with speakers like Malcolm Gladwell, Martha Stewart, Gary Vaynerchuk. So I worked with these people on, um, you know, like a day-to-day basis somewhat. And so I was consuming all of their content as well. So I feel like I, my positions in, in work really support work in school, I guess, really supported the personal growth journey that I was doing with, with my own self at that time. So yeah, that's kind of what led me, led me through that journey was books and thought leaders and just keep following the breadcrumb trail, if you will. Yes. And I, I love this too, because this is kind of what happened to me. It was like somebody, I was always interested in psychology, like say, for example, in uh, in university, and I would take psychology classes as electives and just learning, like, I was really interested in human behavior. And, you know, that's kind of when, so I was in my early 20s, and getting that, that spirituality kick and just understanding human behavior. And then I got introduced in university to the Landmark Forum, which I've talked about on my podcast before. Actually, a lot of people that I've interviewed, this wasn't even intentional, but they've all done the landmark forum. And that's where I think the biggest thing that I got from the forum was that everything is empty and meaningless and just really realizing how as human beings, like we add so much meaning to things in life. And for me, that was like a catalyst moment where I just really got into mindset and spirituality and understanding, like, like you said, like being a thought leader and just teaching other people because it's so liberating to have personal, you're personally growing yourself, right? Yes. Definitely. Yes. yes. I took the landmark form as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. What did you, what was your experience with it? So I took the landmark form when I was already, I was living in Rome and this was my going into my second year of living in Rome. So I actually took the landmark form in London, England. And so I flew oh, up there cool. for a weekend. I did it because uh, Lauren actually, she, she told me to do it because I, you know, I knew it was on this path of like, you know, like following thought leaders, learning as much as I could. I really love that sphere. And I always knew I wanted to be a life coach even before I moved to Rome. And I, but I just thought, you know, I don't have enough, enough experience to coach people yet. I'm so young. I'm just in my early twenties. I can't be a life coach yet, but I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm just going to keep absorbing and taking all the things. And then Lauren told me when I was back in Toronto visiting, she said, you know, I just, did, I did the landmark forum. It was really cool. It was really great experience for me. And just when she was talking about it, I just had this intuitive nudge that just told me sign up, you have to do that. (laughs) So I ended up signing up and I did it in London as soon as I got back to Europe. So I did it in January. And yeah, what I got from the landmark form was just that it, you know, it felt so good to be in an environment with a live coach like that. That was kind of like my coach. She was so inspiring and she was just transforming people right in front of my eyes. And I was like, yep, <laughs> that's what I want to do. I for sure want to do that. I really enjoyed the communication aspect of just hearing people talk about their feelings. Emotion, emotion intelligence is so much. Communication is so much in this world. And you know, the more and more people can develop in that area, the, 
more liberated everyone will feel. I truly feel that way. And so it just felt really good to be around people who are transforming. For me personally, I didn't feel like I had a major breakthrough. But um, yeah, one thing I can, I can relate to this forum was that I actually met someone who had just come back from a retreat in Peru from doing ayahuasca. And I'd never heard about ayahuasca before. So I just decided to pick his brain every lunch hour that we had through the Landmark Forum. And after that, I was kind of began on this track of like diving a little bit deeper into spirituality and what, what other possibilities or mysteries are out there again. So <laughs> yeah, that was my experience. That's so cool. And I'm loving how it's all these little things, they just add on to the next because with ayahuasca, like I, so when I started putting myself out there last year in terms of like a mindset coach and helping people, I had people come into my life, like Tara came back into my life and Molly came back into my life, who's also Tara's friend. So Molly and I went to school together as well. And so she came back into my life and Molly was the first one to ever tell me about ayahuasca and how she's used this like several times and it's helped her so much come out of like deep like suicidal depression and how much you know spirituality work it's helped her get through and I, w I became really curious about this and then I started noticing it more like Catherine Dinkina like manifestation babe has been open about doing ayahuasca and there's somebody else that I follow on Instagram and then yourself as well and it's it's interesting because I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like okay I've read so many books. I've done the courses. I've done, you know, the self-learning beliefs, the journaling, the meditating, all the damn things, like charging my crystals in the moonlight, everything. And now I I think that ayahuasca and like using psychedelics is for spirituality exploration. Like I find this very interesting. And then the other crazy thing was that I recently met a girl through Instagram and we met, we ended up meeting in Vancouver. That's like a whole other crazy story of like alignment. But she's been, she's been using microdosing shrooms for like almost two decades now and I was like this is so interesting so then I started watching the goop on Netflix this weekend yes. I, I crushed the entire thing and the first episode was them talking about going to Jamaica and doing shrooms in a therapeutic setting like it was a microdose but they were all sharing like the spiritual shedding of old layers and beliefs and like trauma that was in their body from being able to use psychedelics for that and I'm and I and I thought this is so interesting so like this year it's kind of on my bucket list to do an ayahuasca ceremony and even like consider experimenting with shrooms like in a very intentional like microdosing way to like see what happens like spiritually and just emotionally so I don't know if you would want to like share because I know you've been to Rhythmia a few times right yes yes yeah I you know ayahuasca has completely changed my life in the most beautiful ways uh, so, you know, after the landmark forum when that gentleman had told me all about Peru and his experience with ayahuasca, I had never touched a drug in my life. Like I had, at that point in my life, I had maybe like literally touched marijuana like five times in the sense that I would like pass it off to someone else because I didn't want to take a puff. Like I yeah. just never resonated with any type of, um, like substances like, or drugs. Like I just never felt drawn to them but for some reason like hearing about ayahuasca just it just intrigued me and so when I got home from the landmark forum I decided to watch the documentary like the reality of truth because I was just researching ayahuasca and that's like a free documentary on YouTube which is fantastic and I thought wow this is this is opening me up to something else and what what I experienced that year 
was that I felt like I had almost hit a ceiling with everything like thought leader wise that I was following, um, you know, law of attraction. Like I just felt like I consumed everything that I could consume and there was something that I wasn't getting. It almost felt like there was a secret or something that everyone else knew or like the people that I followed knew and I couldn't figure it out. And ayahuasca just kept coming up. I had a friend who had left Rome for a few months and went to Brazil and she came back and she, the first thing she said to me when we sat down to catch up was I did ayahuasca. I was like, oh my gosh, I just heard about this. You know, those synchronicities that occur and you just can't forget about them. And then what happened was um, a couple of my friends passed away in a tragic accident. Um, The guys from High on Life, you might be familiar with that story because they passed away um, in Shannon Falls, that tragic accident that happened, but they had done the YouTube channel High on Life and they were such an inspirational part of my journey. And when... Yeah, when Alexi and Riker passed away, I just I had all of these questions about why did these incredible souls have to go? These incredible souls who are out there inspiring so many people, including myself. Like, I don't think I could have quit my corporate job the time that I did if I didn't have inspiration from them, if I didn't have like the support from them. They were the first people that I told when I quit my corporate job, and they're like, "We're so proud of you," and I just felt like. I don't know, they've just felt like such a bright light in this world, right? So when they passed away, of course, like, I think death um, triggers a lot of spiritual awakening in people um, to be around that. And so I was just searching for answers. I said, you know, I've hit this ceiling with all of this thought leader content that I'm following, like Abraham Hicks, Law of Attraction. And I don't, understand what happens to all like all of us after we die like I just had all these questions that I couldn't get answers to and I was grieving and I just didn't know what to do with my thoughts and what happened was Rhythmia reached out to me and offered me a media deal to fly to Costa Rica and go there and do ayahuasca for a week and as soon as I saw the email roll into my inbox I you know I'd never heard of Rhythmia but I of course had heard of ayahuasca and I saw it and I'm like I gotta go I can't not go this is synchronicity and now it's being paid for and everything. So (laughs) I have to go. So I accepted. And, you know, a couple months later, I found myself like even more, like I honestly felt like at that point in my life before I was going to Rhythmia, I was in the ashes. I feel like there's been a few times in my life where I found myself in the ashes and I rise like a phoenix afterwards. But when you're in the dark place, you're in the dark place. And I personally didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. Like I knew that I didn't really want to stay in Rome anymore, but I didn't know where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. And then I went to Rhythmia and it was a little slice of heaven on earth. (laughs) And I, yeah, I did four ayahuasca ceremonies that completely changed my life. And this kind of the ceiling that I told you that I hit in regards to self-improvement I, I got to I got to understand the deeper meaning of life, all those questions I had been searching for, I got the answers to. And with ayahuasca, once you go through a transformational ceremony, you don't forget that it stays with you. It's this inner knowing and it just liberates you from your own ego. And you can live this life a lot more free and happy and limitless. Anyways, yeah. yeah. If you have any questions on the experience too, I feel like I could just, <laughs> I could go down the rabbit hole with it for sure. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. I think I've done a little bit of research. Like when, are you familiar with Manifestation Babe on Instagram? Like Catherine Zinkina? Yes. 
Yeah, so when she went in December, there was herself and then I think it was three or four other friends. And so she did four podcast episodes and she just shared everything about the experience because she did the four day, she went to Rhythmia as well. So she mm-hmm. did like the four ceremonies and whatnot. And yeah, it just, I think it's, it's, uh, it would be challenging to capture into words because everyone, ha- everyone has such a unique experience of, you know, ayahuasca and maybe for the people who are listening and they've never heard of this before how would you explain it like I guess summing up like what is ayahuasca like where does it come from what is it what is it quote supposed to do to you and so on yeah okay so um ayahuasca it's it's been around for thousands of years so it's it's from like the, the ayahuasca that I've taken is from Brazil or the Colombian Amazon basin. So it's a plant from the Amazon. It's the you know the term ayahuasca, the brew that people drink is actually a mixture of the ayahuasca vine. And there's two different plants that people use depending on where the ayahuasca is coming from in the Amazon. But what happens is the ayahuasca vine actually shuts off the enzymes in your stomach from producing like bile so what happens is when you ingest the other plant mixed with ayahuasca is that the dmt from the other plant gets fully absorbed into your system and when this happens you have the psychedelic experience so in the setting that i was in at rhythmia which is the only actually medically licensed place where they offer ayahuasca which means that there's paramedics it's just like very clean and safe and you get to meet the shaman before the ceremony you get to ask the shaman questions after the ceremony just a very loving energetic place and um yeah so what happens is the shaman bless the medicine you go into ceremony and you have like a bed and a bucket and you lie down and you take a drink of this tea which actually is more like a shot of cold it's it's not tea it's very much a thicker texture (laughs) it's not really the most pleasant tasting to be honest but you just take this and you go lie down and about 45 minutes after ingesting the ayahuasca brew you start to feel things or see things and the experience is different for everyone there's actually four different experiences that people can have they can have um uh pinta which is when they see like colors and visions you can have a consulta, which means that you literally like see yourself or like have conversations with God or your higher self or Mother Ayahuasca. And um, you can have body experiences, which they call something like a celestial surgery, which is when like if somebody went in there, for example, with cancer or like a tumor, this is commonly something that happens through Ayahuasca is that they'll leave ceremony and the tumor will be gone because that's what happened for them during ceremony they're able to fully heal themselves and then there's also a nada that happens sometimes people ingest the tea and then they end up sleeping through the entire experience but there's actually things going on behind the scenes while they're sleeping (laughs) so yeah there's there's four different experiences personally the first four ceremonies that I did were all very visual and it yeah it was crazy as someone who had never like I told you even experimented with drugs to any extent this was like way off the charts oh, <laughs> I was <yeah>. like yeah <laughs> oh my gosh I I'm definitely so curious to do this and one thing too is what do you what are your thoughts on actually when I was watching this episode on the goop and um 
there was this company, I guess it's called MAPS. I can't remember what it stands for, but basically they do like psychedelic testing. And so they've done it where they've had people do like MDMA or shrooms or LSD. And they brought in people like, for example, there was a guy who went in and he had like PTSD and long story short, he was able to go in and like deal with that deep rooted trauma that was so suppressed inside of his body, like physically, mentally, emotionally, that he just, like you said, was like completely liberated and so I'm just curious like in your own opinion because for me I thought well maybe I'll try microdosing shrooms but there's just this like stigma around doing you know psychedelics and so I'm wondering like what your thoughts are on that like would you try considering you're such a like a beautiful experience with ayahuasca like do you think you would try anything else or is that kind of your go-to for healing would you say um, so I, so I've done ayahuasca now, or I've had, I've had eight different ceremonies. So I've gone to Rhythmia for two rounds and I'm intending to go back this year as well. I actually, I have, um, done mushrooms since ayahuasca. So I did them. I first tried mushrooms this past summer. It's always been very intentional. It's not, it's yeah, it's always been very intentional. And I've done, I would say like four different sessions or like, you know, in, spiritually intended ceremonies with mushrooms and for me personally like to differentiate the experiences ayahuasca is you going in for like a radical transformational healing and ayahuasca ceremony it can be comparable to 20 years of therapy and and beyond and a good analogy for ayahuasca is like you going in there with an intention maybe that is to heal your heart um let's say like because that's a very common one that they they ask you to do during rhythmia so if you went in there to heal your heart you are literally getting imagine thrown into a room with any of your worst fears or resistance that is blocking you from fully having a, a pure heart in this world and you don't get to come out of ceremony until you're healed whereas an experience like mushrooms is very like light healing. Um, you know, you can, it's almost like you, you choose your own adventure, same with ayahuasca with an intention, but you can, it's, it's very light, I'd say. Ayahuasca, whatever you ask for, you will receive. And sometimes a ceremony that's, you know, eight hours actually feels like days. <laughs> so yeah, it might sound, it, it might sound a little bit scary, but it is the most rewarding it's hard to explain. Like if you're into self-improvement and like radically transforming yourself, there's things that I've learned through my experience with ayahuasca that I just know wouldn't have been accessible for me in this, in this human experience. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I so appreciate you sharing that. And because I was thinking about trying shrooms, like if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I've never done any of that. I'm very similar to you where I was like mm -hmm. I was growing up and yes, drugs were definitely in my face being in high school and I just didn't want to. And, but now that there's like, there's just so much more intention with, you know, using ayahuasca to have this really spiritual and deeply awakening ceremony. And like even using shrooms to, ex you know, experiment with tapping into realms within ourselves that we don't have being, you know, just conscious. Right. And yes. so I really, I really appreciate you sharing that because that's been something like I've been like humming and haunting about. And I noticed like funnily enough that part of my ego was like, well, Kayla, you know, you've never done quote like drugs before. So why would you do that now at like 29, 30 years old? And I was like, wow, am I like really judging myself right now? And then it just made me realize, you know, the paradigms of 
how we should do things in life and what drugs are and what they're not and so on. So just find this so interesting. And I think I'm not sure if it's just me being more aware and open and curious about this or if really like psychedelics being used in healing is like becoming the new medicine rather than just doing therapy or taking like antidepressants you know like this really seems like it is quite literally getting to the root of what needs to be healed like you said yeah no I I definitely wholeheartedly agree with that I remember the after experiencing the first four ceremonies that I had at Rhythmia I remember coming out of that and just thinking I I remember just crying and like I have goosebumps even thinking about right now and I just said I like I wish the world had more access to this because I don't believe that anyone would kill themselves, would have to deal with like serious depression or anxiety if they were able to liberate themselves from whatever it was was, that was haunting them from within. Because as I told you, like when I was going into these first ceremonies, like I was in the ashes. I was not in a, you know, like a suicidal state by any, nothing like that, but I was depressed and I didn't know what was wrong with me and what happened was because I told you I was consuming all the content, reading all the books and I just couldn't figure out why there was just felt like there was this heaviness within me. And what happened through my first ceremony was that um, because my mother, she had postpartum depression and she rejected me like when I was born. And so I never had a relationship with her, like a positive one. And I hadn't spoken to her in over 10 years. And I'd gone to therapy for years and years and I I didn't feel like I longed for her relationship with her. I have never felt a connection with her. But what happened was there was a lot of this deep energetic healing that needed to happen for me to live my best life, if you will, for me to be liberated. Like I said, there was this heaviness from within and it didn't necessarily feel like my own and I could identify with that. And what happened was it was ancestral healing and a healing that needed to happen on a deeper energetic spiritual level that was stemmed from my mother rejecting me at birth. So that's something like I told you, I would never have access to this. I would never have been able to know if I didn't have ayahuasca as a tool. And they often say like, you know, when, when ayahuasca calls you. Yeah. So yeah. So literally, yeah. Yeah. Every person, I, it's so crazy that you just said that, like ayahuasca called you, because every single person that I've talked to or listened to about ayahuasca has said that exact same thing. You yes. get called to do ayahuasca. Like, that's how spiritual it is. Like, it's not like any other drugs. Like, oh, I feel like smoking meter. I feel like taking MDMA and going to a rave or something. Like, it's not, it like, that, it's like the ayahuasca called you. I just, that like gave me chills as soon as you said that, because I've, I've heard this every time. Yes. And it it is the truth. Like I said, it started to show up synchronistically as you might notice is probably happening for you. Yeah. But it's because like, I think the people who are being called are the ones who are the thought leaders who are going to assist in the spiritual awakening of people. And they just need that deeper, deeper understanding as to where, where certain things, certain energetic healing or traumas stem from. And I think like I told you, I got my answers that I was seeking all the times that I've ever gone through ceremony, but it's just, yeah, it's like you're called because there's something deeper for you to learn next. And I think the call happens when you've learned about as much as you can on a surface level life experience. Yeah. And we were talking, I mean, you started touching on energy and healing energy. And one thing that I've noticed as a human being is that in society, we're very much 
materialistic. And I don't mean about having the next iPhone or having a nice car or house or whatever. I just mean we get comfortable with things that we can see because if we can see it, we can avoid it. Or, you know, if we can see it, we can manipulate it and control it, like whatever it is. But something that I've noticed, and it was even through this episode, I think it was the second or third episode that I watched on the Goop Lab. They were showing this one doctor, I can't remember his name now, but he does like energetic healing. And it was crazy because he had people on a table and he was like, getting into their energetic field and he could literally without even touch them have them move their body in a way that was like causing them to have you know certain physical experiences or making noises and you could see that they were releasing like pent up energy Mm -hmm. within their body and they felt amazing after and like physical pain would go away or they were able to process memories that were deep within them and I just find this so fascinating like something that I think we're really underestimating in life right now is like the power of energy and trusting that like you said you know you have this experience with your mom having postpartum and energetically there was a disconnect and that just like was like so deeply rooted within you that you had to go and do something that deep to to touch it and to just deal with it right yeah definitely and Exactly from what you're saying too, from before is like, if you would have, you know, known me, um, like to do ayahuasca or to like go do like drugs, if you will, I don't believe, I call them plant medicine. Okay. After the experience, I'm like, I can only call it plant medicine now. But if that, if you would have known me, this would have been a total shocker that Zoe was going to go to the jungle by herself with a bunch of strangers to go take some tea and have a hallucinogenic experience like it was just not like me but like I'm telling you I was so called so incredibly called and you know through that experience I was able to see that energy is everything and there's so much that we are not seeing with our human eyes and so I love what you explained um through that that um visual of like the goop lab where people have access to these healing powers and these healing capabilities. And I think it's something that a lot of us are being opened up to and, and awakening to right now is that yeah. we all, cause we're all made of energy, right? <laughs> we yes. know this and, you know, and I used to, you know, my stepmother, she's a, a Reiki master. And, you know, when she first started getting into it, I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's just weird chakras. I don't know. But now I've just like come to understand. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've experienced different types of energetic healings myself. And there's so much more beyond just what we can see in this physical realm. And yeah, yeah, that's what ayahuasca brought me. And same with um, experimenting with shrooms as well in a in a intentional ceremonies type of space. Yeah. I love, that's a thing. I think with anything in life, when we get intentional, that's when we, we either get the results that we want or we get what we actually need. Yes. That Mm -hmm. makes, that makes all the difference. Yeah. So speaking of energetic healing, what are some of your, I mean, if we're kind of going to bring in manifestation, creation, energetic healing, like what are some of the, what are some of your favorite things you like to do is like, daily routines or things that you fall back on or I've actually seen you talk about like doing particular moon ceremonies and that kind of thing like how do you bring in energetic healing into your everyday life yes okay so I'm actually a life coach in the IPEC program which is um, an internationally recognized certification and it's core energy coaching so what I do is like when I do life coach people I coach them through 
their energy, which might sound, um, you know, it's, it's a con- it's conversational based, of course, like over the phone or over Skype, but I've been trained to follow the energy of their voice, where their voice is, is going, like how they're feeling. I'm able to tap into a new sphere of that. And I've been training under this for a year. So that's how that's really deepened for me, but it's given me an overall understanding of emotions and how they, they are energy and of course how our thoughts are energy and all of these things are in different categories. So for me personally, I feel like I'm definitely a very spiritual being, of course, after having all the experiences through rhythmia and all that, I'm very much, and I've always been interested in astrology and the moon and how that works. I definitely feel a connection to that. And through coaching as well, I can recognize like, oh, my emotions, they are stirred up. They are amplified right now. And it's like, oh, of course, like I might recognize the app. It's full moon in a few days. And so I actually do do personal ceremonies every full moon and every new moon. I actually have published a course recently on it called Manifest with the Moons because I was able to identify I'm not the only, you know, feeling being who has these amplified experiences over full moons or it feels all of this almost like adrenaline or ambition that comes up around the new moon. So I created a course for people to be very intentional about how to transform their own energy to create what it is that they're looking for in their lives in the next 28 day period. So that's something I always do personally. So like I said, when it comes to the full moon, this is oftentimes when people need to let something go because the moon holds so much energy, it pulls that from us. So what I find is in a full moon, I'm always being shown, let's say, old stories, old inner narratives, anything that I need to shed to move closer and closer towards what it is that I'm desiring or calling into my life. And so um, I normally like coach that out of myself, if you will, through a ceremony, which is normally meditation, journaling. I might pull cards. Of course, I have all my crystals. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then the new moon's kind of the same thing. New moon's more of like setting these intentions of what you wish to manifest and channeling your energy in the right way. Because sometimes with the new moon, you might feel like, I have so many ideas. I have, I have so much to do. I, have, I don't know what to, to channel this towards. And so getting clear around the new moon is very important too. So yeah, that's where, um, that's how I kind of like, I guess, stay in tune with my personal spirituality and my own energy and, and heal what needs to be healed myself. But I'm definitely always open to getting assistance or help from other healers when I feel something arise in me that I need some help to navigate. Yes, this is great. And one thing I've noticed lately too is a lot of people really aligning themselves with the moon. And there's even this new well, maybe it's not new, but it was new to me. This terminology, for example, a woman having her menstrual cycle is is now being informally called like a moon cycle. Yes. Which yes. It, it makes sense. You know, it really does because it is a cycle mm-hmm. and it's it it shifts every, you know, 28 to 31 or plus days. And that's that is like the moon. And I think it's so great. Again, this whole thing with intention, like you're using that energy in a way because ener- emotions are energy in motion. Yes. And so when we start to use it really intentionally, then obviously we produce the results that we want to produce. And if you're using that energy and alignment to manifest, of course it's working, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, that's exactly. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So once you, you can, you can dive so deep into all of that. And it really, like, I found so much comfort in it, so much liberation in it, because 
you know, we all are a part of nature as human beings. We are nature. We're like living on planet earth and the moon is part of our nature. And it, you know, the moon and the sun is where we get our energy from essentially like they're, they feed us like what, you know, manage time, if you will. And so just from being able to recognize that, okay, my emotions that are coming up, this is natural for them all to come up at this time. And I'm not the only person that feels this way. It can, you know, it can be a bit comforting when you are dealing with all of that. Oh yeah. And the other kind of funny thing that makes me chuckle a bit on uh, social media is when the full moon comes up and then you see everyone making these memes like, oh, blame it on the moon. It's a full moon. Like da da da. You know, there's, there's a sort of like heaviness around yeah. <laughs> the people who don't want to take advantage of putting their emotions into motion and just like getting them out or using them intentionally. So that, that always makes me laugh. But I think it's like if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, oh yeah, like I do get more emotional around the full moon or even some people, like I know some women, their cycles literally line up with the full moon and like that I can't even imagine like the energy intensity with that is like next level right yes <laughs> <laughs> me personally yes <laughs> oh my gosh but lined like, up with the full moon <laughs> <laughs> oh that's such a like feminine cycle like a feminine experience oh that's I love that <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always like brings up all the learn. It's always trying to teach us something. Our emotions are such wonderful teachers. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, reframing it. Actually, one thing to bring up is like, as you know, as being young women and going through puberty and getting your period, it's always just kind of in this negative experience. Like, oh, cramps. Like, oh, you know, I can't wear the clothes that I want to wear because I'm scared. And like, yes. there's all of this negative connotation to it, but. I've had such a reframe on it, especially since ayahuasca is like, no, this is my healing time each month. And thank goodness I have the opportunity to heal every month because I'm continually growing and expanding in my realm of possibilities and my spiritual path. And this is just a natural part of the process. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so, view it for what it is, the exactly. teacher. Exactly. A teacher, right? So you can learn new, new, learn new lessons and just continue to expand. You, just, you captured that perfectly. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about, because I know that this is, I've noticed this is something that's like shifted in conversations when we talk about law of attraction and manifestation. And I know that you and Lauren have recently created your new course, QC Squared. Yes. <laughs> Quantum Creators. I love it. And I would love for you to share about that. And also just maybe first share how you've shifted this law of attraction, like I'm saying this in quotations, to being the creator of our life. Because that is so much more powerful than thinking that we're just running around as a little magnet. Because when it comes from within us, that's like next level manifestation. Yes. So this has been such an incredible concept to uncover and discover. Actually, you know, I started to get into it really when I, this past summer, I started to really dive into Dr. Joe Dispenza. I love his content so much. It just rang so true to me. And what I realized through the, like the law of attraction is, you know, you, as just as you explained, like running around trying to be the magnet, it implies that you are almost like you don't really have a say. And of course, like with creation too, we set into motion what it is that we're desiring, but the, the aspect of attraction implies that we're expending so much of our own energy to try to draw what it is that we want towards us. Whereas with creation, it's a matter of being creative, exercising that power within you 
and deciding what it is that you want and allowing the universe to fill in the blanks. Of course, the universe fills in the blanks with law of attraction too, but you're not out there trying, trying, trying. Creation, on the other hand, comes from this space of being a creator, of deciding what you want, believing that you're going to have it, and just really trusting yourself in the process to a new way because you're not spending all of your energy trying to manage your emotions, to stay high vibe all the time, to do all the things that all the law of attraction teachers tell us to do. If you take on the role and really own it as a creator, you can trust that, you know, I was a spiritual being born into a human body. It's natural to feel emotions. And just because I feel emotions that are all different levels, whether that be facing a little bit of anxiety or fear, which naturally happens all the time when we're killing off our egos. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but what happens is when you take on that role of a creator, you don't feel like a victim to your emotions. You just kind of embrace them for what they are, the teachers that they are, like I just explained as well. And you trust that you can consciously create a reality and a world and a life that you absolutely love. And you don't need to attract that to you. You just need to be intentional about creating it. Yeah. And I was thinking about this this morning. I love, I love that we're having this conversation because I was thinking this morning, I was like, what is the difference between being an attractor and being a creator? Because like you said, with law of attraction, a lot of what the, the people teach out there, and I've said this too, is just getting into the feel, like act as if, like feel like you already have it. But then what I would notice is I'd have moments where say if I was really quote, manifesting something huge, I would suddenly, my ego would come up and then I would have negative feelings. And then I'd be like, oh fuck, like I have bad feelings. Like I'm pushing this away. I'm sabotaging it. Oh my God, it's not happening. And it would just turn into this drama fest of me hating myself for having negative emotions when it, it doesn't need to be that way. And so this morning I was thinking, what is the difference between creator and attractor? And what I realized is that one thing that I find so interesting and it's true is that everything that we know as a human being is a learned behavior. Like being brought into this world physically, we don't know anything. We don't know happiness. We don't, we know nothing. We don't know sadness. Like these are just things that we learn and we pick up as a sponge, especially as a young child. And so what happens is everything, like when we say, oh, I want to manifest a million dollars. I want to manifest my soulmate or this, that, or the other, like those things already exist in the world. And even if there's a variation of of that that hasn't been created yet, it's like, it's either a compilation of a few other things, or it's like a destruction of something, something being, something new being created. And so we think, oh, I want that car. But the thing is, we are the creator because we're thinking of the car. We've imagined it and it's already out there rather than thinking, oh, I just need to be a magnet and this thing is going to come into my life. Like we're, we're constantly creating our thoughts and creating our desires. And all of this has been learned because it's, it's already in the world. Therefore it's available. Yes. Yes. And I love that way you, that you put that. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. Was, this was just such a, such a train of thought I was having this morning. Like before we jumped on this call to record the episode, I was like, what is that? Like, there's a gap there. There's it's, And I think that that's what you and Lauren are talking about is just closing this gap of thinking, there's these things that I want out, er- out there in the world and I need to attract them to me rather than realizing that you wouldn't even have known that those things were out there unless you thought of it because you created the thought of what you wanted in your life. You are the creator. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're the creator through your imagination. 
Yes. Whatever it is that you're, that you're drawn to, that you want, if you can create it in your mind, it can exist in your life. Yeah. You just have to trust the unfolding. Exactly. And I started listening to uh, Neville Goddard. Are you listening to him as well? Because like Lauren and Tara were raving about him. Yes. Um, yes. So I looked up on his podcast or I, I was on podcast and I looked up and it was like his, um, is he originally from like the 1920s? Like it's, this yes. is like very old content, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like his scriptures and whatnot being read. So I found this Neville Goddard radio and I listened to the first episode about imagination and at the end of this episode, they were just, he was just giving these stories about, you know, for example, I'll share this one story. Cause this is just, to, I want the listeners to get like this whole creator thing. So the story was this woman, she had recently divorced her husband and she had a couple kids. And so they, he was not paying child support. So she was off on her own. And what happened was she needed a new car. So in her mind, she thinks I, I want a new car, but initially she had the negative thoughts and emotions of like, I can't afford it. And there's all these reasons of why, you know, this, quote is impossible so what happened was she was at work and her her and her colleague went out for lunch and her colleague invited her to drive her car back to work and initially the woman said no like I don't want to and then she said okay I'll drive the car back to work and it was a Toyota Prius or something like that and what happened was she drove the car back to work and she was imagining in that moment like manifesting a car into her life, like imagining that this was her car that she was driving back to work. And what happened was the next day, her ex-husband called her because he was working for a car dealership and he was able to get a discount to get her a new car and versus paying child support, he would pay for the payments and whatnot. And the car was a Toyota Prius and she ended up getting a new car and it was brought into her life with, you know, like in an inexplicable, like unexpected way. And so I was listening to this and I thought, this is so crazy. I don't think we realize that's all, that's all it needs to start with is creating this thought of what you want and then just letting go of how it'll show up in your life. Yeah, exactly. And it is that simple. And that's the thing is like anything that you've ever wanted to create in your life through your imagination or like visualizations, the only reason why it, it may not have occurred or didn't happen faster is because us as humans were so easily able to resist the easiest path, the path of least resistance for those things to come to us. Like that, and that example is perfect. It, it came so fast for this woman because she just kind of let it go. Right. She just yeah. had this idea and she was just, she let it go because, you know, maybe almost sometimes it's easier to manifest bigger things because there's just like, oh, you know, I, that would be nice, uh, you know, not expecting it to happen tomorrow, but that would be nice. And, yeah. uh, yeah, like it's, it really is that easy. And we're so, you know, I think the thing with create or sorry, attraction versus creation is that with attraction, like you said, we make ourselves wrong for having all these feelings, but we're human beings. Like we were born into these bodies. Like it wouldn't, you know, it's not supposed to be hard to manifest. And I think that that's the liberating thing about taking on the role of a creator and seeing it in that sense is that if you can imagine it, you can create it. There is infinite possibilities and infinite potential and you just have to trust it. And, you know, then you can go on to enjoy your life experience, not making yourself wrong for managing your emotions because all that time spent dwelling about feeling a little bit of anxiety one day, feeling fear, feeling sadness. These are all natural things and we should stop making ourselves wrong for it. Yeah. It's so true. And this is just to tap back into something I mentioned earlier, doing the landmark form, what I discovered is how everything is empty and meaningless. And Mm -hmm. like I, I just said, you know, recently in our conversation that, you know, we, 
we add all this we add all this meaning to you know having these emotions and we shouldn't be feeling this way and all even emotions are learned behavior and so if we've learned that you know having sadness or jealousy or feeling depressed or guilty or having shame like we've learned those emotions and then we've learned that those are bad and that those we shouldn't feel that we need to be positive all the time but those emotions are just feedback and one thing that i that i always love with coaching is if you know i'm coaching with someone or just having even a conversation with a friend and they're having their, these negative emotions of feelings being stressed out or frustrated or sad or whatever it is i just acknowledge them and i say you have these emotions because you care this thing that you're worried about is important to you and it's so crazy because when I say something along those lines to the people that I'm talking to, it like alleviates the guilt or the heaviness of having those negative emotions because there's nothing wrong. It's just, it's just feedback, right? Yes, exactly. And like how liberating is that on its own? Just know, just trusting that it is just feedback for you. Yeah. Feedback for you to recognize that you are human, that you can care, that you can love, that you can have such an emotional experience because that's where you know the joy is an emotion in itself yeah and we wouldn't know joy unless we knew you know sadness or mm-hmm. you know depression like we need we need all of those emotions otherwise we would just be robotic like there, we wouldn't be having the human experience right exactly yes. exactly what is your favorite actually let's talk a little bit about quantum leaping because i know that this is like a reoccurring thing in your conversations right now especially on your podcast what is like your favorite quantum leap that's happened recently from you intentionally being a creator versus just simply attracting Ooh, a quantum leap like a recent one in my life like a very intentional one is probably calling in a large sum of money which I was expecting to manifest in three to six months. And it actually showed up in three days. Oh my God. Because that's the thing is like, as I was getting at is that sometimes our, our manifestations, like, you know, because it almost seems out of reach, it's almost easier to set a quantum leap into motion because you're not really expecting it to be there anytime soon. Like you're not looking for it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I actually, I set the intention for a large sum of money, which was, uh, $15,000 and uh, it came in three days. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Can you share like what you did? Were you like, you had the idea obviously. And like I said, yeah. as a creator, that money is in the universe already. And so did you journal? Did you meditate? Or did you, you know, take a line to action? Cause these are usually the typical things that people talk about when manifesting. Yeah. So I just, um, you know, I just visualized honest I just visualize because that's something that feels uh, very real and easy for me to do because I'm a visual person and so I just put on you know binaural beats or whatever and I visualize for a few days for just about seven to ten minutes per day and what I would what I visualized was just this money in my bank account I was I visualized it from um, just me looking down at my fingers like going onto my banking app on my phone and seeing that money in my account that was the visualization and I just looped it on repeat 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 in my mind and you know it's just felt fun like it's kind of like a video game I'm like why not you know and that's the thing too is there's no resistance attached to that because I'm like oh this is fun I'm just gonna see what happens expecting like maybe I would make um an extra fifteen thousand dollars over the next three to six months and uh in three days I ended up path of least resistance someone reached out to me in regards to a coaching opportunity and wanted to hire me for 
specific period of time, amount of hours. And at the time that I like mapped all this out, it was (laughs) $15,000. That's unreal. I love this. And you know what's, you know, what's so cool is that you obviously, you just imagined like, this is the most powerful thing. And like to the listeners is that visualization for me, that's a big thing. Like I can, I'm a very visual person as well. And like I, I journal, but visualizing and seeing it like that, that's what really gets me. And, and so recently what I've been doing is like, obviously you could hear like you had no resistance around that. You were just being playful and open to literally receiving and it came to you. And so for me, like I've recently applied for a coach, an online coaching position that is that I just randomly stumbled across and like about a month ago. And so I had the interview last week and I'm just already visualizing, like I haven't heard back yet. I should hear back in the next few days. I'm already visualizing what it would be like having that job. And I'm like completely invested. Like I even watch my language and I'm sharing with my boyfriend. I'm like, Oh, when I'm doing this, like these are the opportunities that are going to, that are going to grow from it. And you know, this is the kind of money that's going to come in. And I'm so like convinced like speaking about that it's already happening and then there's a very small there's a very small voice in the back of my mind going well Kayla what if you don't what if you don't get the job then what and that that little bit of fear but there's something that shifted within me that's like I would rather be so invested that say if I if I don't get it then I can deal with myself after the fact and really look at okay what are the lessons here? Like, what did the universe want me to know? And just, you know, something, something better is coming. Like, is this or something better? And I think that getting, I noticed it like from doing a lot of mindset work that just fully investing and believing in like what you want to have in your life and just having that visualization is like the most powerful thing you can do. Cause you just painted a picture in your mind of that money coming to you. And it came to you in a way that of something that you love doing, which is coaching. It sounds like incredible to have like that kind of package and like obviously that person coming to you because they want to work with you. Like it was just so perfect, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I love that awareness that you have there of just, you know, how how important and how empowering it is to create that picture in your mind because once you see it happening for yourself, and of course always if if we can feel emotions when we visualize, that's like turning up the volume on your manifestation. But um, like, as you explained, you know, you, you might've had a fearful thought creep in, but it didn't, you didn't take the time to offer it any power because you'd already saw what it was that you wanted yeah. and what's coming for you. Yeah. And, and knowing that, that inner knowing, when you like plant that visualization seed, that manifestation into motion, it feels so powerful within you. And it allows you to trust the process and to not follow the fearful thoughts because When we do follow the fearful thoughts down to anxiety or down to some type of spiral, that's when we abandon our manifestations. That's when we essentially uproot the seeds and like toss them out the window and we have to start over because we didn't believe in ourselves. Yes. And the one thing too, and as I mentioned, this is that if I started going down that path of like, oh my God, what if I don't get the job? And then I'm stuck doing this and I don't get that. And, And when I start going down that rabbit hole, like my trick is, okay, Kayla, you obviously really care about this opportunity. Like you really want this because you see the possibilities that are available to you. This is why you're getting upset right now. And I, it's, it's funnily enough, I'm like logically speaking to myself about my emotions, which is something that, you know, I just, I find that really interesting how I've kind of like tuned into this sort of self-coaching 
thing. And the other thing I wanted to say too, was that when it comes to with anything in life, like to the listeners, if you're manifesting something or if there's something that you really want and you're in that space of watching it to show up in your life. And I don't say waiting because I believe that we're like watching for the signs and for the hints and the things lining up for us. When you're watching for that and you don't know what's going to happen, you like, there's the choice. You can either have those negative thoughts and those insecurities come up, or you can choose to focus on what you want and how you want it to turn out. Because in that moment, like you don't know, if you don't know, that means you can create anything. Yes. Yes. You can create anything. And like, what a wonderful thought that is on its own, that you are the creator and you can create anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're, We're obviously like personal development coaching like manifestation junkies here in this conversation i could talk with it for like four hours easily (laughs) and i love that we've never actually talked before in person or met yet in person and we could we easily just have this like beautifully fluid conversation on this episode today and i'm like absolutely loving it yes thank you so much for having me kayla really it's been so awesome we touched on so many different topics Oh, I know. And I, that's why when I emailed you and I sent you this massive list, I was like, hey, these are all the things we can talk about. And this conversation is very unstructured and it's going to go however <laughs> it goes. Because I, when I, before when I've interviewed people, they've been like, okay, like what questions are you going to ask me? I'm like, I don't really do it that way. It's more like, I just intuitively know that it's going to, it's going to unfold however it's going to unfold. And I just know, I know for sure that we're definitely going to do another episode because we could just, there's just so much to talk about all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. And all of my favorite topics and subjects, that's for sure. Yes. Oh, yes. And so with that being said, where can our listeners find you? And I'm going to write all these things out in the show notes anyways, but like just share your Instagram handle, YouTube website, whatever it is that you have. And like, don't forget the Facebook group, Queen Mind Tribe that I'm in as well. So just share all of that. And then I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, on Instagram and YouTube, I'm Zoe Ariel. That's my first and middle name. So Z-O-E-Y and Ariel is A-R-I-E-L-L-E. And yeah, so on YouTube and Instagram, I'm that. My full name is Zoe Ariel Polson. So my four books that I've published are on um, under that name, which are available at like Chapters Indigo or Barnes and Noble and or on Amazon, of course, (laughs) the wonderful world of Amazon. And yeah, so I presently I'm working on my new website right now so it's a little bit under construction also I would give that to you guys but I do have a Facebook page Zoe Ariel and also the Queen Mind Tribe Facebook group which is where Lauren and I do coaching and we publish our podcast episodes our podcast is the Low and Zo show and it's been a lot of fun so far yeah that's where people can find me <laughs> that's so perfect and next time I'll have you on the podcast I definitely want to talk about your books and everything and there's just like I said so much gold to talk about so <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely already inviting you to come back on the channel so I'm really excited for this oh I would love to thank you so much Kayla You're this welcome. has been awesome <laughs> oh yeah it's been great so I want to thank the listeners today for tuning in. If you could please like, subscribe, share, tag us as well to let us know that you've listened. And like, we'd love to hear from you what you've learned. If you've been inspired or something shifted for you, that would be amazing. And I'll be sure to put all of these notes of where to find Zoe and connect with her in the show notes. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will chat with you in the next episode.